Welcome, my friends, to Next Level Change Success, a change conversation for leaders, project and change practitioners for today and tomorrow. My name is Therese Perez of MyVirtualChangeManager.com and I'm an experienced change and project professional and people leader with many years of experience in the industry. I love business and I love the people side of business especially. So nothing lights me up more than seeing people use change management, project management and strong change leadership to engage, motivate and inspire people and ultimately transform organizations. If you've heard about change management and have no idea of what it involves, then you're in the right place. If you know about change management, but you want to take your practices to the next level, then this is where you should be. I'm going to share the stories of my experiences, interview some fantastic people, and I'm going to explore all of the challenges and opportunities that you face in organizations right now. So please join me and let's go and have some fun. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Next Level Change Success. My name is Therese Perez, and I am the founder of myvirtualchangemanager.com. And before I begin, I'd like to acknowledge that I'm recording on Thoroughwell Country and pay my respects to the traditional owners and custodians on the land on which I am recording and their elders, both past, present, and emerging. So, this topic today is about that intersection between organizational culture and change. And what should you consider when making a transformation in an organization when you're putting together change tactics to move an organization, I guess a current state to a future state of sorts? Oftentimes when you're talking about culture and sector change, you're actually looking at transformation, but it also does relate to if you're introducing an operational change of size, you want to acknowledge that every single organization has a different culture and you want to tap into the cultural nuances of an organization. And when I think about it, I've been lucky enough to travel across the world and every single country had its own culture. It had its habits, I guess, nuances, where uh, language, words that people used. And certainly as a contractor and having contracted across multiple organizations, I've also had the privilege of experiencing many cultures in organizations. And you can see the similarities because obviously organizations are made up of humans. So there are some some habits that are created and because of the structure of organizations and the hierarchy of organizations, you typically can pick up the, those nuances within each organization's culture and start to leverage those. There's a couple of things to talk about but let's give you a bit of the definition of culture. I do like the definition of the, it's what happens in an organization when the boss isn't around. It is that all pervasive behavioral context, the unwritten rules in an organization, the language that they have, the ceremony that they have, the structures and rhythms that they have all contribute to the culture, the diversity or not of the people within that organization. And Certainly, there is the sheen, I guess, or the marketing of an organization versus the reality of those behaviors. Those organizations where there's more alignment between the perception of an organization to externals and and a customer's understanding of an organization, and obviously the internal workings of the organization, the more closely they're aligned, the more you're going to see better performance in an organization because there's nothing, I guess, hidden in that 
in that organization. Now, let's talk about what you approach as a change manager or a change practitioner or even a project practitioner or in fact anyone going into an organization when looking at how to effectively implement a change. You are really picking up firstly on the words people use and then the alignment around the behaviors or the non-alignment. Starting to unpack about what the relationship network is within that organization. In the origins of change, people call it about influencers, identifying the influencers, but as awareness around organizations and the psychology of behavioral change picks up, you start to understand the social network that sits within organizations. Some of those organizations that you work within may have a kinship system or Uh, certainly relationships that are quite strong in an organization you won't get a stronger one than a kinship system that might sit in an organization let me tell you but certainly they're the nuances that you really want to explore and understand where the power sits within an organization if it's not sitting within the structure itself understanding who has the behavioral strength to make the change or who's going to influence the most at all levels is something that's really important and you do need to test and learn in relation to this sometimes even as the project or program is progressing you can unpack who really sits in the power seat and how does that work and what dynamic is there amongst leaders within an organization that you need to navigate to be successful then of course when you look at the demographic or the and the diversity he's hoping of certain groups and the profile of people that sit within certain departments and I'm not a fan of categorizing but certainly there are always segments and themes that sit within certain organizations around a personality type there are particular roles for example where if you have great attention to detail if you're very numbers oriented obviously if you're in statistics finance research they're typically people who have strong skill sets in those areas who might require more structure than those who might be in more creative functions such as marketing or other areas. Now, I know they're generalizations and you're probably sitting there saying, you know, it's stereotypical, but there are certain trends and themes that you find around personality types in certain areas. And to give you a bit of an example about how this plays out, when moving people, for example, to a flexible working structure where people are hot desking, there are certain departments which are basically not going to like that at all and in fact if anyone has any sort of anxiety about if things aren't ordered in an ordered fashion then a flexible working environment is not going to really be optimal for that personality type so these type of things around how you frame up your program but also how you introduce the change really needs to be considered around certain areas which might require certain extra help so that they can embrace the change more or adapts to it in a safe way and really you want to create that in any sort of change that you introduce is that sense of safety and trust ensuring that you're moving people from or walking with the people I should say from current state to future state effectively and so if you think about the organization will have a culture but then there will be subcultures within each of the areas and departments and Just like in Malcolm Gladwell's book around Blink, which talks about after a while you tend to pick up the themes and there were certain 
practitioners who could pick it, for example, marriage counsellors who could pick those who were going to last and those who weren't because of the history or the continual conversations they were having with couples. I have built up over time the ability or the reference points and understand how to diagnose in some way an organisation around its cultural strong points and then areas of weakness. And certainly when you look at the size of an organisation, if it doesn't have the required structure from a communication standpoint or a learning standpoint, um, then you're going to struggle to um, roll out the change, but you can quickly diagnose that and look to see how you can work with the existing people in those areas, but also buffer uh, that structure or lack thereof with your change program. Then also, if you consider that within the realm of transformation, that and a lot of people who have worked in culture change programs before, it or led them, the, the key thing in relation to culture change programs, and I think this is something that not enough people are talking about or exploring, I think there's this almost academic process that people go through around culture change rather than a really pragmatic real life how do we step forward and I always think about the concept of the micro so the individual and what has an individual at any point in time change and then how can you get the momentum of multiple individuals all heading in the same way and and making that choice consciously and it really does come down to conscious choice And I think that's where a lot of culture programs fail or aren't as successful as they should is because they're not explicit enough. They don't bring that story around culture change to the conversation enough and don't engage the leaders in that culture change conversation consciously. After all, all transformations that we make, even on an individual level, is about raising awareness to our behaviors, our habits allowing someone and giving someone permission to call us on our BS if we're falling into old habits and being very committed about moving into new habits. Now that takes a level of vulnerability of course and and psychological safety which I'll talk about later to enable that change to happen and not enough time is spent in that. Oftentimes it's just around leadership capability, let's reset values Let's communicate things, but not really taking the time nor space to consciously move forward the culture as a collective and also making the mistake of saying that leaders create the culture. Well, they're one part of it, certainly, but they're not the total sum of it. And this is about thinking from an organization perspective. And when you think about policies, rules, and in your countries, when you talk about a country's culture, definitely the rules and laws within that country help affect that culture. So you really should be looking at policies and reframing policies effectively to move the culture forward. And so from all of the structures in the DNA of the organization, you want to recalibrate all of those to the culture that you would like to encourage the behaviors that you need. And then also make sure that the leaders are really clear on that and what they need to do to reinforce those new habits From a change program perspective, of course, these are the type of interventions or type of activities that you want to make sure are in your change plan around leader sessions, groups, conversations around culture, 
playing back and taking the time around any sort of culture diagnostic you've had, talking about the what does the new world look like, what are the behaviours you would like to see, where do we see the pain points, having those same conversations with people and then really involving the collective in the creation of the new values. The other misstep I see a lot of organisations have is that they have that conversation at senior leadership level But then when they're handed down the values across the organisation, they don't resonate with the population. One or two might, but there's always one or two that kind of don't. And it's not about values needing to change to support the strategy. Oftentimes when values get reset, it's in response to some sort of need to rectify poor behaviour of the past. And yet the value set may not be wrong. It's around how the discussion, the embodiment of those values, the living and the reinforcement of those values hasn't been consistent. So if you think about culture being almost an an organic process, but also an organization having this organic and and culture being an organism of its own right, you need to feed it, you feed it, water it, um, ensure that it's healthy. You need to talk about the culture a lot, the behavior a lot, but often in organizations, the, the conversation is too directed towards performance and, and numbers and figures versus the sentiment, how we uh, perceived in the market, how is our staff perception internally, are we hiring the right caliber of people who display the same value system, but are we getting enough diversity around neurodiversity, diversity of culture, diversity of gender and all of the aspects which I love about diversity and the collaboration that underlies a strong diverse organization, that strength of team and collaboration, which oftentimes so many organizations I go into start hitting that indicator of we work in silos. And then you think about that all of those aspects around culture change. Now, oftentimes culture change programs don't address all of them. So it's from a change perspective and a true transformation perspective, these are the things you really want to look at. The other thing that I want to talk about around culture is the physical environment and how important that is because it's also often underrated. Yet if you walk into a business or an organisation and you walk around, you get a sense straight away of the culture, investment in their people or lack thereof. The general feel, is it a community feel? So are there community areas there? Or is it pretty much people sitting just at their desks? Even down to events over time and ceremonies over time and whether there are celebrations that happen. So these all, all of these things really do impact culture. And as a change manager or change practitioner or someone bringing in change to an organization you really want to know how you can affect those or utilize those those celebrations those ceremonies and those rhythms but as well as the environment and how you can achieve cut through in the environment and now we have the challenge of the virtual environment but the opportunity to really have cut through when people log on or even sending things to people's homes so that they can place it in their own home office as a reminder of connection, but also how are you setting up new ceremonies in your organization to connect? And that's something that from a change perspective, you might want to push a little bit and test a little bit for organizations who are a little bit 
nervous about that or who really haven't hit their straps yet, if that's your organization. So there's lots of opportunities to think about how in an organization when you go in there to introduce change that you can leverage the existing organization, the existing language, how you can evolve it, how you can tap into those ceremonies, understand the demographics of the organization. Certainly always remember around your own personal bias and your own self-awareness around that because oftentimes I see people stumble through sending things out whether it be in communications or other things, but it really does not take into account the general audience. It takes into account what that person might think is cool, but certainly across the organization, you might find that there are issues where people can't see themselves in the communications or the visuals and images that are used. So all of these things need to be factored in to have an effective change intervention, but also to have an impact on the individuals and the organization. So I hope there's a couple of hints and tips for you if you are introducing change into an organization and whether that organization be large, small, whether it be community-based, whether it be within a government context or non-government context, it actually really doesn't matter. It's about exploring the purpose of the organization. How much is that resonating with people? How can you leverage that? And when we talk about winning hearts and minds, you really need to understand the psychology of why people have joined the organization in the first place, because that also helps you leverage that to achieve a better outcome. Okay, I'm going to sign off. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. I hope you have a fantastic day. And remember to come and visit us at myvirtualchangemanager.com. We have tools, we have tips, and a lot of conversations to be had. And we know that change matters because your people matter.